On this episode of Tips from the Toffler, I'll take you above the Arctic Circle on a ship around the Lofoten Archipelago, where we use a perpetual golden hour to chase photos of whales, birds, stunning landscapes, and the most amazing fjords. To support this show, I need the help of some great advertisers. And in order to find these great advertisers, I'll need to learn a little bit more about you. So I would like to ask you to go to podsurvey.com slash topfloor. That's podsurvey.com slash topfloor and take a quick anonymous survey that will help me get to know you just a little bit better. That way I can show advertisers just how great our listeners are. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can choose to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash topfloor. Thank you for your help. I appreciate it. This is Tips from the Top Floor 856 for February the 21st, 2019. Tips from the top, from the top floor. Tips from the top, all right, from the top floor. Hey, hello and welcome, everyone. We are uh, in a different setting today. This is Chris Marquardt coming to you from the Arctic, above the Arctic Circle. We are uh, on a ship. You can probably hear a bit of splashes in the background and maybe a bit of a rumble from the engine. We are at day five, I think, of our seven-day tour here from Tromsø in northern Norway down to the Lofoten archipelago and uh, exploring some of the areas in beautiful winter and uh, if any, any one of you thinks that that's a bad idea, uh, think again, because we are having an amazing time. I think uh, I I've still have a whole bunch of more amazing photos than from some of the other locations this year and last year. So this is a treasure trove of great light, a perpetual golden hour here at this time of year. So the sun comes up around eight o'clock in the morning and uh, doesn't go high over the horizon so you have a perpetual sunrise sunset situation and that just makes the light up here super super magical and yeah we are here with a group of 12 guests and uh, on the MS Togo which is a ship um, that we'll talk about just in a few minutes it uh, has the crew has taken great care of us and it's just it's a great time it's always a great time to be on a on a ship like this with just a handful of people that just makes everything very informal and very everyone's very approachable you can walk up to the to the bridge and chat with the captain listen to some reggae music there uh, okay you might have heard a laugh in the background uh, let me introduce uh, someone to you who's standing out here with me and uh, it's henry Hi, Chris. Hi. So, um, just a quick introduction. Uh, who are you and what on earth are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I'm the expedition leader on the ship, so I'm traveling with the ship for quite some time now and also hosting and housing um, this photography cruise with you. Mm -hmm. So, you are, uh, you're hired by the cruising company and uh this is this is kind of a typical setup for those who have never done this there's uh uh especially on the photo cruises i'm i'm the photo instructor i do photo sessions with people we do uh we we bring you to places that are visually stunning and amazing um 
all in accordance with the weather and the possibilities and the captain of course has the last word if we can go into a fjord or not these kind of things but uh, in general i mean we have we've had so many amazing opportunities uh here that are only i think only possible on a ship like this with a crew like this uh so henry you've been doing this for how long this term since mid of December, mm -hmm. been in general for two years now. Uh, so your ships. your job as an expedition leader, uh, the two of us we pretty much work hand in hand. Um, you are the one who, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. You you're planning things and yeah, expedition leader is a little bit uh, sounds pretentious. It does, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's more like a title. I don't I don't care about that. It's basically planning together with a captain and uh, with a second guide who is on board. Mm -hmm. um, just playing the route according to weather and um, yeah, also to speed of the boat and um, availability. And the, and the sea conditions. Sea conditions, very important. Yeah. And also what to expect if we can uh, get a glimpse on whales or where do we have better chances to see northern lights and that kind of stuff is uh, just put into a box and we, we shake it and then uh, a course <laughs> comes out. That's right. So so yeah, we, we have to we have to uh, really consider a few things. For, for example, northern lights, when we're looking at Northern Lights, what are the things that need to fall in place for them to be visible in the sky? Well, that's a whole uh, lecture on its own. Um, that's a lot of you, things. You have like a two-hour <laughs> lecture on that. I do. Um, no, it's basically a lot of uh, factors like the sun um, activity, the um, intensity of the of the charged particles. But mainly here from our side, it's uh, we need a clear sky. We need uh, as less possible um, light pollution from artificial light sources. And that's what we are looking for in the first place, and then afterwards we're checking the um, sun activity. So when when plotting a course on a on a day-to-day -day basis, which is what we do here, um, sometimes even shorter. Some, sometimes even shorter. Um, it has to do with the weather conditions, and of course we want to maximize the chances for something like the Northern Lights. So we, uh, for example, last night we stopped in uh, Stockmarknes, which is also the the home of Hurtigruten. So. It was interesting to be docked next to a huge ship that's up there on the pier, on the pier, not at the pier, but on land, which is, I think, an old, if not the one of the oldest Hultigruten ships. It's uh, one of the bigger old Hultigruten ships. It's the Finnmarken, yeah. Built um, as a postal ship. Before, before that, um, Hultigruten used converted shipping vessels, right. and that was the first uh, purposely built. And now it's there on land and part of the museum. And uh, but but we we stopped next to that. And uh, one of the reasons we went there is because we had a weather forecast for clear skies and for and we had some good visibility towards the horizon there. So had we had northern lights, it would have been good. And in the night, it, in the evening, it kind of the clouds came in, but then at night it opened up again. And a couple of the guests went outside at 2 a.m. and uh, managed to catch a short burst of northern lights, not very strong, slightly faint, and only 10 minutes long. So there's one more component to the northern lights, and it's luck. Definitely, yeah. It's a, the biggest component, I think. All right. So uh, that's one of the things. Another thing that we did here on the cruise, which was unexpected, it was an opportunity is that one of the crew members, Alex, is uh, 
He used to be a lighthouse keeper. He used to be. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. He has done so many things in he his life. A <laughs> lot of things. He's also a partial owner of a bigger ship, and uh, that he runs with his family. And he worked uh, on a whaling ship as a as a seaman for and quite a seal some time. Hunter and seal hunter. Uh, he's he's a he's an interesting character. And uh, yeah, in his youth, with uh, 15 or 16, he actually became a lighthouse a lighthouse keeper. Yeah, actually, with 15, because uh, that was very important for him to point out. Because usually you are allowed to start working as a boy uh, at the age of 16. Yeah. But because he has a birthday in late December, he was allowed to start with 15 already. Because it was more the birth year than, uh, than the current age. So. <laughs> so yeah, with 15, he was he became a lighthouse keeper. And um, he was out, out and on Skrova Lighthouse, which is one of the biggest lighthouses in Norway and it is uh, it is from I think the 1920s it's made from cast iron I think from from Britain Victorian Island Victorian uh, cast Island, yeah. iron so they they brought it over in pieces and assembled it there it's like a it's a lighthouse lighthouse it looks like a lighthouse red white striped it looks like and the uh, do-it-yourself box, just like a bit of a Lego out, set, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they uh, and it and it it had its pattern and its its big lights in there. Originally gas light, and then later electric electrical halogen lights. A uh, big lens that was made in Prague uh, from from Czech crystal. Yeah, and you mean crystal like the, the the very famous like the chandeliers, right? Exactly. It's it's, a, it's like a huge chandelier in form of a lens, <laughs> and uh, that is now a museum piece because it is it's not in the top of the lighthouse anymore. Because in 2000 something they replaced that whole heavy contraption with the big halogen lights against something that you could put in a backpack. <laughs> it's it, it's not cheaper that way, but it's a it's an expensive uh, product, um, and it's LED based. So there is an 83 watt LED in there that, uh, according to the manual which we saw there, uh, can reach a distance of like 15 to 18. Miles, miles, Nordic miles. Uh, it's just amazing. And, and uh, Alex, having been the lighthouse keeper there, he has the contact. So he arranged for us to be able to go there, which no one ever can do normally. Yeah. Tourists don't get this opportunity, but we got it. So we spent a few hours around and in the lighthouse. We climbed up the stairs. We looked down from the lighthouse. Amazing view from up there. And we got the personal stories of someone who has <laughs> been there, who has grown up there and who yeah. got the stories firsthand. I, I did shoot some video of him telling the story. So I'm working on putting something together. It might be a few weeks, but uh, you can expect something to come out on on my YouTube channel. So yeah, that's what we're doing here. We're doing regular assignments with the groups. Uh, we're doing reviews here on board. So we have a, a salon, a saloon uh, that we sit in with leather sofas and carpet on the floor and wooden uh, wooden benches and stuff. So it's like a it's like a ship, right? As what you expect on a ship. And uh, we have uh, like a bar in there so we can have a drink. Coffee layout and setup of uh, of the ship and the crews is just working well together. You have a small group, and even though each and everybody is just a photographer on its own, they're all working together and they're all asking each other for uh, critique on on their pictures and just what to do better and what to do different. And that's something I, I really appreciate on that cruise. Right, the camaraderie is is amazing here. Everyone's helping and uh, everyone's working together. And this, yeah, this I like this. I've been on bigger ships, but. This is the, I like the informality of this place, and uh, feel, feels like there's not much of a hierarchy even among the crew. Right. Everyone's kind of working together, 
uh, where on bigger ships I've seen this, uh, yeah, very strong hierarchy and this person reports to that person, that person tells that person what to do. Here everyone's kind of does a bit of everything and, and, uh, and our Serbian chef <laughs> is pretty much the most important person on board. Oh, yes. um, so there's a bit of a hierarchy because everyone's nice to him because he keeps us well fed. He has a tiny galley that he cooks meals for like the whole ship three times a day. Uh, this is, yeah, it's, it's a great place. We're having a lot of fun and we're now on our way back to Tromsø where we started. Almost. Yeah, we are. So what's the next stop? Uh, we are sailing to Skrolsvik, which is on the southwestern tip of uh, Senja Island. The plan was to uh, look out for some whales today, but the weather doesn't allow that. So we're sailing straight to Skrolsvik, which uh, will probably take us some eight hours, nine hours sailing. So there, there's a lot of potential on these cruises here. We have the, the northern lights, we have the light in general, the Arctic light, the, the, the way it skims over the mountains and the landscapes is amazing. We have some, some birds, so there's a bit of wildlife here. Uh, at this time of year, some whales, um, at least the potential for them. Again, this day we, we kind of canceled that because the sea, the sea would be too choppy for us to be happy out there. That's a downside on the, on the small vessel. The good thing is you can reach in destinations which big uh, ships don't mm -hmm. reach and you have this informality on crew and guests. But then the downside is the sea is uh, much quicker choppy for us than so, bigger ships. But, but small vessel is relative because when I hear small vessel, I think of a little wooden boat with a, with a rowboat or something. <laughs> um, so tell us a, a little bit about the MS Togo. I think the name is from, uh, it's, it's not from Togo in West Africa. It's from the, from a, from a sledge dog. I think we'll, we have another thing recorded that I'll put on later that tells us a bit more, but what's, what size is this ship? Do you know? It's a, a 30 meter long or 28.9 meters long uh, vessel. It used to be a fishing vessel and uh, they converted it a few years ago into yeah, the cruise ship it is today. Uh -huh. um, it's not like a cruise ship when, you, when you're used to big ocean liners or so, or expedition cruise ships, about 100, 200 um, packs capacity. We have a max of 12 capacity. Yes. And if you have 12 passengers and uh, full staff, then it gets cozy. That's uh, something you have to keep in mind on a small ship like that. But, but the cabins aren't that, that uh, limited. I mean, there's even one double bed. Like normally you have bunk beds, so you have to climb. The, the upper party has to climb up a bit. Um, in this ship, there is one cabin that is a double bed, so people can sleep next to each other. Um, the, some of the double cabins, I think all of the double cabins have a bathroom they all have, and a yeah. shower. Um, there's a couple of single cabins that have a shared bathroom where you have to climb up a, a, a pretty steep stair. <laughs> but I'm down there as well, so that is not a problem. If I can do it, everyone can do it. So, but it's, it's a cozy place. It's a nice place. Everyone is great. So yeah, we're having a good time. We do. Yeah. Um, what other places have you worked at? Uh, mainly Iceland, that's where I live. Yeah, Iceland? Um, so you're, you're a German, Iceland. you live in Iceland? Yes, I'm a German living in Iceland, um, mainly working as a tour guide there. Um, that changed a bit a few years ago when I started sailing on uh, cruise ships. So now it's partly Iceland, mainly Greenland and uh, Spitsbergen and Northern Norway. Spitsbergen or Svalbard? Svalbard, yeah. <clears throat> as most Americans will probably know it as. Yeah. 
So the Arctic, the ice. The Arctic, yeah, polar regions, definitely my uh, my habitat. We have something in common there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't stand the, the, the heat, but mainly I'm really fascinated by uh, by ice, by all the different patterns of ice and all the different looks and appearances. And uh, the bigger the piece of ice, uh, the better for me. So Greenland would be one of your favorites, right? With the big icebergs? Uh, Greenland definitely is one of the favorite, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when you go to uh, Western Greenland, close to uh, Disco Bay, Lulisat, somewhere there. And you have the big chunks, but also the eastern part where it's less inhabited and you basically can soak in the nature even more, even better, because you will see less other people around. Mm. One fun thing that I did uh, here yesterday, and I did it a couple of times, was fly the drone, which again is possible in a small setting like this yeah. and uh, of course tra t taking most care to stay away from wildlife i don't want to endanger any animal by by frightening it and then it changes its behavior and it's animals up here are, are kind of they they need to they need to conserve energy because it's cold and survival is is important so if you fly a drone over a polar bear <laughs> that you you are you're you're frightening it and it might do something different from its it might change its course and not not continue hunting and that might which is completely unpredictable and that's yeah. definitely the more danger <clears throat> but but what we did yesterday is we flew the um the drone around the ship in uh, Trollfjorden, which is uh, just spectacular. It's an amazing place. Yeah, I love and uh, it. We, we also, I also managed to fly it around the lighthouse. So I'm, I'm putting this thing together with an interview of Alex and some aerial footage and so on. I'm, I think that's it. It's gonna be cool. So next up is this little bay. Skorsvik. Skorsvik. Yeah. And then uh, tomorrow we'll head back to Tromsø. Yes, we do. And we have one last night on the ship. And after that, the group is going to head back to Tromsø Airport. To their normal lives. And back to Frankfurt. This tour was, was uh, cool because it had the flight included from Frankfurt. So everyone had to be just, just get to Frankfurt. It was easy to get here. Uh, that's one thing I learned that make it easy for people to, to oh, get on these things and then uh, they will come. So uh, future cruises, I'm planning on including some of that at least. Uh, and then the next group will come on board, and uh, this is a this is a back-to-back -back thing. And we're <clears throat> next week uh, we're going to do some of the same, but uh, hopefully also find some new places, explore some new things up here in northern Norway. And uh, that's a good thing down here. We have a variety of landing sites where we can just go ashore and just explore on our own. Uh, we just have to check the weather, and that's something we start tomorrow. We'll just sit together, Captain and me, and just check the weather map and see what's coming in. And uh, yeah, adjust the plan according to the weather. Do you have a, an online presence or anything where people could find you? <laughs> yes, I have a website, henrypowell.com. It's um, henrypowell.com. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Clear your camera roll and print out your favorite moments. Get 15 free square prints from Nations Photo Lab. Just head to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use code TOPFLOOR15. Nations Photo Lab prints are made by photographers for photographers. Choose on the popular 4x5 or 5x5 inch size prints on their professional quality, luster paper and voila! 
You've turned your Instagrams into instant memories that'll last for years to come. Your photos don't belong on your phone. Photo prints are the perfect way to personalize any space, whether you're filling empty frames that sit on your shelves, making a collage of photos to place in your office, or using prints in a decorative banner for your bestie's bachelorette. Print your trip overseas, your baby's first steps, or your client's engagement session. Nation's Photo Lab prints are the perfect way to capture your favorite moments. Make every moment matter. Try Nation's Photo Lab today and head to nationsphotolab.com slash printyourphotos and use code TOPFLOOR15 for your 15 free square prints. That's nationsphotolab.com slash printyourphotos and code TOPFLOOR15, TOPFLOOR15. So we are in uh, Skrova, which is a little archipelago in at the southern side of the Lofoten. And uh, we've come here because yesterday the, the sea was quite choppy and we were on our way to Henningsvar. But yeah, it would have meant one more hour of the choppiness. So we decided to, to cut it short and come here and stay here overnight. And now we're staying here for the day which is not the worst thing in the world because it is a very kind of, it's a tiny place, maybe 200 people here, but it uh, is a quite an artsy place. They have photo exhibitions out in the open. Um, there's a fishery that has like an exhibition out there. There's a little space where they documented uh, did beautiful portraits of old people who lived here. And uh, now we just walked through the, through the tunnel, which is like a car tunnel, and they have helmets there so you, so you don't get a rock on your head. And the reason we go through this car tunnel is because it is a photo exhibition here in the car tunnel, which is, okay, not many cars here on the island, for sure. Um, I'm not alone here. I wanted to introduce you to someone who is with me on the ship and uh, maybe, maybe you introduce yourself. What's your name? Where are you from? <laughs> My name is Henry. I'm uh, originally from Germany, but uh, live in Iceland nowadays. Iceland. Iceland. You have been around uh, Tromsø, northern Norway and, and this the general area uh, for a few months now. Yeah, I'm staying here on Togo for like three months since mid of uh, December. On to Togo, we have to explain that. Togo oh. Togo is not the city in West Africa, um, but it is uh, the MS Togo is the ship and the name is uh, named after uh, a famous husky, a Siberian husky, I think. Yes, yeah, a sledge dog. Mm. It's a, a, one of the Arctic explorers had some uh, sledge dogs and the shipping company, the ship owners, just named all their ships after the dogs. And the interesting thing is I looked it up, I looked Togo up and Togo, the sledge dog again was named after the first name of a Japanese scientist. Might be possible. Yes, it is. It is well, if Wikipedia <laughs> says so, it is definitely true, right? It always. <laughs> all right, so uh, we are... Uh, we're doing two photo tours here, um, both from Tromsø around Lofoten. Of course, they will both be different because we have different conditions and, and get to see different places. This is the middle, uh, not quite, almost the middle of the first tour. It's a Monday. We started on Saturday. Mm. So we still have a few days ahead of us and different things to see and uh, quite a few things planned. But what I like is that it, th th things here are possible on a pretty spontaneous basis because we have to be flexible. And one of the things 
not sure yet if it's going to work out, but probably is that uh, one of the, is he, is he a mechanic, an engineer on the ship? Uh, Alex knows, engineer. is an engineer. He, uh, he's from here or from Tromsø. He knows the area. And he, he lived in the Lofoten area he for, lived in Lofoten, for, for yeah. quite some time, and yeah. uh, he worked here, especially in that little tiny village, uh, as a lighthouse keeper. And the lighthouse is uh, quite exposed on a small, tiny island um, in front of the harbour. And yeah, he tries to just um, reactivate his uh, old contacts. He was the last lighthouse keeper on that lighthouse before it was shut down and automated. So he tries to get the keys, and um, yeah. So, so we might be able to spontaneously take our two zodiacs uh, and putter over to the little island <laughs> and visit and go into the lighthouse, which is one of the, the biggest lighthouses in, in, Nor in Norway. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a rather old one. Not very scenic, though, but it's one of the oldest ones. Made from, what, what did you say, Victorian cast iron? Yeah. And uh, the original lens, which is still there, is not in use anymore, but it's still there, is from, uh, from Prague, huge slab of glass, uh, or crystal. Crystal. Um, so if that works out, this will be a nice surprise for the group. If not, I'm sorry, everyone who's in the group and is listening to this right now. It didn't work out, but we're doing our best to make this possible because it would be a really amazing experience for everyone to be able to look behind the scene of this lighthouse and uh, a bit of an adventure as well. Yeah, um, the old lighthouses, they have a very, very um, certain charm in there. And uh, just to experience that with a group is something very yeah. unique. Yeah, so that's what we're looking to do, and let's hope it works out. So, again, we have uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're going to pretty much five more days on the ship. Um, the Togo is a, is a ship from the mid-60s. It used to be a fisher boat, yes. and the, but has long been converted to uh, have cabins for passengers. Um, some nice cabins, even one with like a double bed, not bunks, but an actual double bed next to each other. Uh, most of the cabins have bathrooms, so uh, only I think two of the cabins uh, have have like a bathroom, a three, shared bathroom. Three have a shared bathroom. Or three, but the rest is uh, it holds twelve people, so it, it is a nice. It's nice in size. It's very informal. It's not. It's not snobby. In any, it's 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 a real. It's a very casual boat. Yeah. It has a very old charm from the. Um, yeah, it, it tries to convert uh, to to maintain the charm of the '60s yes. um, and combines that with the exploration style. Yeah. We inherit and the now. crew, the crew is top notch, and they are all oh, yeah. super nice. And uh, we have a lot of laughs, and uh, it's a good atmosphere. No one is highbrow. It's uh, it's lots of camaraderie on the ship. You help each other. You we, we have the nice, beautiful salon that they put uh, that they also set up on top of the ship. Which wasn't there before. It's oh, pretty so much it's just set on top of the loading bays where the fish uh, yes. used to be stored. And there's leather sofa, leather sofa in there, and leather chairs, and uh, nice like swiveling chairs that are locked to the ground in case we get some waves. And there's coffee, tea, and a little bar, and a little little library, and uh, a screen and a projector, so we can do lectures every every day and give out assignments and review photos. Yeah, it's a, it's a cozy little ship. It's a perfect base for doing those expedition trips, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, most of you followed my, my adventures on the Norderlicht, um, which is also based up here. And uh, they actually, in, in, in Tromsø, when we boarded the MS Togo, I could see a cross and the Norderlicht was lying just there. It was a very good memory. Um, so yeah, I, have a, I think I have, I'm, I'm beginning to develop a thing for ships of that size because it 
it is it is a it is a cruise but it's also a bit of an adventure and it's one of those things that everyone in the end looks back to and just smiles it's a perfect science for expedition um, you're flexible enough to just um, yeah, adjust the plan and it's small enough to, to to get to know each other yeah that's the most important thing on those yeah. small vessels that's for sure all right so uh, Henry we are going to walk on uh, and leave the, leave our helmets here <laughs> so uh, the next person who wants to see an ex the exhibition can grab a helmet and let's Let's move on and see what else we can find. Let's do that. Thanks a lot. And that was it for this episode of Tips on the Top Floor. Thanks again to Nations Photo Lab for supporting the show. And don't forget to head over to hotsurvey.com slash topfloor to take the quick survey and the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Music for the show by Jeff Smith, silent partner, and Hans-Peter Kagerud, who, by the way, is Norwegian. And uh, I found out he lives about 200 miles from where I am right now. So I should probably just drop by and say hello. Anyway, publishing and Slack challenges by Release Pixie, Matt, Rapsitar, Armstead, Slack invitations by Chief, Chief, by, let's try that one again, by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO, Rusty Russ, to join the Slack for free, go to tfttf.com slash yslack, tfttf.com slash w-h-y-s-l-a-c-k. My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll find me on social media at Chris M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. Go out and take amazing photos. No matter if on a ship or on land or in the air. Share them with the world. Be nice to each other. And happy shooting. <laughs>